Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to Running the 615. This is your host, Drew Jones. You are listening to episode 12. Today's guest is Brittany Hendrickson. Brittany is a physical therapist here in Nashville. I have known her ever since she moved to Nashville when she was just getting started as a physical therapist 10 years ago. She is co-owner of Nashville Physical Therapy and Performance here in Nashville, obviously. She has helped a lot of runners, myself included, get help for an injury and back running on the roads. Yeah, Brittany grew up in California and then moved to East Tennessee in middle school. She went on to go to undergraduate college at ETSU and then stayed and went to PT school there as well and moved to Nashville here in 2009. Brittany started running in high school but was more of a sprinter. It wasn't really until she moved to Nashville that she actually started running in road races and becoming a runner really took off for her once she arrived in Music City. Brittany is super smart. She's a great physical therapist. She cares a lot about her patients always is treating them through a runner's eye as she is a runner herself. She is running half marathons, marathons, relay races, has done a lot in her running career over the past decade. She's got a lot of great answers in this podcast. I really did my best to ask her a lot of questions about running injuries and is running good for you and what are things that cause typical running injuries and just advice she had to not only help get over an injury if you have one or what you can do to stay injury free. So I know you guys will enjoy hearing about that. I did promise since I'm going off the cuff here a little bit more that I'll try to be a little bit more random and throw some off the cuff thoughts out there. The one I have today, I've talked to a lot of friends about this. I don't know how many of you watched the Oscars a week and a half ago, but if you didn't know already, Eminem performed Lose Yourself at the Oscars and it was the coolest. I was sitting on the couch watching the Oscars with my girlfriend and the way that the Oscars teed it up was so cool. They showed like a video montage of songs that are super famous in movies. Like the first song was the Tom Cruise sliding across the floor in Risky Business. Then it was like Eye of the Tiger from Rocky. Then it was Breakfast Club, Don't You Forget About Me. Then it was Footloose. I mean, just a lot of famous songs from movies. And as we were sitting there watching it, I literally looked at my girlfriend. I said, if they don't play Lose Yourself in this montage, then I'm pissed. And this whole thing is a, is a, is a farce. And then right at the end, they show Eminem driving in his car and they play like the instrumental part of Lose Yourself, like as like, like kind of like the last song. I'm like, all right, well, that was, that was cool. I mean, it was the instrumental part, but whatever, at least they included it. And then they go back to the live stage of the Oscars and all of a sudden a stage comes up from the ground and it's like, doom, 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 doom. Eminem comes out and performs Lose Yourself live. No one knew he was going to be there. It was totally unannounced and I freaking lost it. Like it was the coolest. I, I loved it. If you haven't seen it already, go on YouTube, fire up that song. To me, Lose Yourself is one of the best songs ever to run to. And I just thought the Oscars crushed it with that performance. I've probably watched it 50 times since then. So 
there's your random thought running the 615. Go check out Lose Yourself from the Oscars live performance Eminem. Anyway, here we go. Let's get to guest number 12, Brittany Hendrickson. Super great interview. A lot of good information in here. I was really glad that Brittany took the time to come and share her her information via via physical therapy. Hope you guys enjoy it too. Thanks as always for the support. Here we go. Episode 12, Brittany Hendrickson. I've known Brittany for a long time. I met Brittany very early on when she moved to Nashville. I was working at Fleet Feet and she came in as part of her physical therapy gig and we met very early on and have known each other ever since. So what's that, about 10 yeah, years? 10, 11 years, I Man. guess. Well, thank you for being here, Brittany. Course, I'm really, yeah. really excited to interview on the physical therapy side, of course, and especially running. I feel like you're going to have a lot of good information for the running the 615 audience. Yeah. So tell me about your running. How, how did that get started? Yeah. So growing up, I remember my mom always talking about running track. She was a mile runner. She went to state in high school her senior year, I think. And so she just always talked about how much fun it was to run track. So I got to high school. And thought, what the heck, I'll give it a try. So I was not a distance runner at all at that point in my life. I remember like when coach was like, oh, run a couple laps around the track to warm up. I was like, two laps around the track? What? (laughs) Too much. I was 100 and a 200 runner and the relays of each. And I remember it was like my first or second meet that I went into. Coach was like, oh, hey, by the way, we don't have enough runners in the 400, so you're in. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. A full lap? A full lap. (laughs) I mean, if you told me at that point in my life to run a mile, that would have been like asking me to like run across the country. It just seemed impossible. Short distances, Um, I'm in. Anything outside of half a track, no thank you. 100%. Yeah. So I ran the 400 and the 4x4 relay pretty unprepared and actually found that I would kind of like this distance. Like this is, you know, it's just a little bit longer than the the short ones. Long enough to feel like I'm really accomplishing something and you get like that home stretch where everyone's cheering and it's all fun. And so I actually really kind of grew to like the 400 and it sort of became my event. Four by 400 is super exciting. Like it that exciting. that race at, at the track meets I've been to, it seems like the kind of the build up for that and everybody watches it and a team of four people running a lap all out. Like that's, that's a cool event. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And you definitely like it's long enough of a distance in the short distance range, right? Where you get to the end and you're like, all right, I really used everything I had to right. get me that distance. Yeah. So... Fast forward college, I kind of slacked. I didn't really run. I was not good enough to run in college or anything like that. And even when I got to college, I started lifting weights more and, you know, doing some things like that. When I got into physical therapy school, I was stressed to the max, like all PT students are. And my roommate at the time was a runner, more of a distance runner. And then there was a guy that I dated in college and he was a marathoner. And so between the two of them, it was like, all right, I'll, I'll try to start running like more than a mile and see what happens. So worked my way up, ran a a 5k, hated myself the whole time I was running. (laughs) What have I done? Why am I running? Hated the decision, hate how you felt just wasn't necessarily great from the start. It was not right. But like many distance runners, I hit the finish line and it was this huge sense of, I just, did that, you know, like my own two feet carried me three miles and across this finish line. And it's a 
pretty big race and everyone's, you know, there's a lot of hoopla and stuff at the finish line and it just was fun. So from there I did a little bit more in the 5k world and then kind of worked my way up, did some 10ks, moved to Nashville in 2009 joined East Nasty. Thank you, Drew. Good timing. Because it was like, well, how am I going to meet people? You know, I met a few people at work and stuff, but I I thought that's a good way. You invited me out there. I went out and met some of my closest friends I still have today. And so started running with East Nasty, got looped into running the country music half in 2010. That was my first half marathon. Same thing. During all that training, I remember the first time I ran at Percy Warner oh my God, it was like three mile hill. Is it ever going to end? Right. <laughs> like going up, but made it through training, made it through the race and the bug had bitten me at that point. So, you know, I've run, I don't even know how many half marathons I've run since then. Actually, I haven't really kept count. That led to some of the relay races, Ragnar bourbon chase, and then eventually to a few marathons as well. Man, yeah. good story. A lot of, lot of similarities here. I knew the East Nasty part, of course. So you were born in California, grew up there, moved to Tennessee when? How old were you? When you um, I was in middle school when middle I moved school. to Tennessee. Okay. Yep. Undergraduate University of Tennessee? East Tennessee State so University. East Tennessee for yep. both undergrad and then for PT school as Correct. well. Yeah. Yep. ETSU on the east side the whole time whole time. Right. So I remember, man, what a, what a great time that was in 2009, 2010. East Nasty was really picking up steam. The half marathon country music was just a huge part of that group, still is today. But I just feel like it was all kind of coming to its own at the same time. Just a, a cool feeling. Scott Bell, your neighbor down neighbor, the street, yes. ran his first half marathon through East Nasty training as well. And that's just helped. I feel like a lot of people in Nashville become runners. So I Actually, I wanted to ask you about the Ragnar Relay part because I haven't talked to many people on this podcast yet about the relay races where you're in a van riding with people. You've been a part of like a big team that you're a super, like it's just, you know, a part of who you are. You've done it long enough. Tell me about the Bourbon Chase Relay and what that's like to, you know, kind of run across a huge distance with 11 friends in a van through some weird hours. Yeah. So those relay races are definitely a love-hate relationship. Everything leading up to it is super fun. The preparation for it is super fun. The getting in the van and like driving up there, the anticipation of it's great. And then you have to roll out of the van at like two in the morning and run on some back roads where there's nobody. And you're like, what am I doing? (laughs) Why am I out here doing this? And then again, you get to the finish line and it's super fun. And it just, I think the team aspect of, you know, because running typically is such an individual sport, right? You're out there, you're beating your own goals that you've set. You're running with people, but not necessarily against them, Right. right? At least not at my level. But the relay races really bring this team aspect to it of everybody's out there rooting you on. And just because you're rolling out of the van at 2 a.m. doesn't mean you're doing it alone. You know, your team comes with you and sees one runner in and cheers you out. And and then the same thing when you come back in. And I just the camaraderie of it really is one of my favorite things about those races. For sure. Being in being in the van, weird hours. The first relay I ran in was Bourbon Chase, the very first year yeah. they had it. What's what's your guys' team name again? Oh, 
Ball so hard we ran our Hasselhoff. That's it. I, <laughs> ball so hard we ran our Hasselhoff. I knew David Hasselhoff was a key he, component to the name. He is key. Yes. That's great. Oh, what a great <laughs> name. I'd want to run in the relay just to have that name. That's a great I mean, one. you can join us. Yeah. We, you know, I feel like every year something I, happens I learned, to somebody and we I need think someone. I, maybe did I run it twice? No, I think I've only done it one time the very first year, but that's, it is, there's nothing like it. I mean, no. running, like, is it running across weird country roads in Kentucky going to different whiskey distilleries along the way and ending up in Lexington. That's a neat experience. And you've done it how many times now? Let's see, like six or seven. The only year with, I've been with that team since that team formed. Right. I didn't get to run last October because I was in a car accident a couple months before that race. And it just kind of knocked me out of being able to train for it, unfortunately. So staying on the kind of your highlights of running, I know, so you've run basically every distance you can, you can do as a runner. It sounds like as you got more into it post-college that you found a love for running, what would you label is a race or something that you've done running wise as just a highlight of your running career? Yeah. So I think my highlight I think a lot of people's highlights come down to like maybe their fastest race or something like that. For me, that was not it. I think the highlight of my running career was the year that I ran the Eugene Marathon. My dad actually is from Eugene. So I've spent some time there and it was fun to go back and, you know, run around the city. But if you don't running town USA, it sure is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a cool race. Like it's not a huge race, maybe five to 10,000 runners. So big enough to have some good support from the city. Not so big. Like my first marathon was Chicago and I just was kind of overwhelmed when I got down to the start line there. That thing's it's massive. Huge. Massive, massive. Yeah. But Eugene had enough buzz around it to get you excited and be fun. The city is really pretty to run around. The coolest part about that race is you finish on the track at Hayward Field. Oh, wow. So you come in kind most of a famous track in the, the United most States. famous track. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many times have the, you know, Olympic trials been there? Like think about all the feet that have been on that track. It's pretty right. cool to be able to put your feet on there yeah. and run, but you come in and run like the last 200 meters of the marathon on the track. So you come in and run the, the final curve and then the home straightaway and you're up on the screen and the stands are full and everybody's cheering. Man, and yeah. that just was a really kind of one of those humbling moments to be able to to run on that track and finish a race there. So that, sure, that for me yeah. is the highlight, I think. Super cool. So again, we're really going to spend some time on the, the physical therapy part, but what is it about running that ultimately, what made it stick for you? I mean, it sounds like, you know, when you were first doing it, your mom was a runner, you did that, but you were mainly on the kind of the sprint side, but then you had some friends, things like that, that got you involved in running. When you came to Nashville, there was a small part of it that was socially, you wanted to come out and meet people. Mm -hmm. What is it about running specific that you felt like is the reason you kept doing it, went on to more distances and have now been, you know, a runner for almost 20 years? Yeah. I mean, one of the big things is when you're running and training that hard, you can kind of eat and drink whatever you want. Let's be real. Like that's that's a big part of it. And I love (laughs) that you said that. And I love that you're a doctor saying that even better. I love it. I love food. I love some good wine and running, you know, keeps keeps the pounds off when you're doing that. So if I'm being completely honest, that's a big part of it. But no, I think the discipline that it teaches you is really important. If you're signed up for a race and you've got this thing you're training for, like you got to put the time in or it's not going to go well. Right. And so it gives you a sense of discipline and it also gives you a sense of what your body is capable of. Right. And how much 
I think even just in life, we let our head get in the way of what our body can do. Mm-hmm. And I think running really shows you, you know, if you run a marathon and you're down to the last point too, suddenly you can drop your pace by a minute and, and cruise the rest of the way in. And you're like, man, could I have done that the whole time? You know, it just is amazing at that point when you've already put your body through that much, it can still perform. There's more there. There's more there. Right. Yeah. So I think that that is something that kind of helped me stick with running versus, and I enjoy other forms of exercise and movement as well. But I think running just again, goes back to that. I always tended to push myself a little harder with it than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great answer. So let's talk first of all about how you became a physical therapist. It's been a big part of your life through how old were you or where were you in your schooling? I guess when you decided physical therapy was the route you want to go and then take us up from school all the way through now, as I know you've had some different places that you've been a physical therapist now where you own your own practice. Just walk us through that process, how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to go into medicine in some form or fashion. Actually, originally, I thought I might want to be a dentist. I don't know. I enjoyed going to the dentist as a kid. And so I think I was like, ooh, I want to do that. I knew I had an interest in the human body. I was always fascinated by just anatomy and how the body functions. And so I knew I wanted to go into medicine. Figured out probably in high school that I really am not a like detail task kind of person. Mm-hmm. I pay attention to detail. I don't enjoy performing detailed things, really tedious work. And I'm like, well, that's all dentists do, right? Like you're working in an area that's, you know, so sure. big around. And I was like, okay, I'm out on dentistry. Didn't feel like I really wanted to go to medical school and spend forever and ever in school. Really enjoyed exercise. I actually had knee surgery in high school after a little snow skiing tumble. And so I was exposed to what physical therapists do at that point. To what did you tear an ACL? Meniscus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was my first exposure to PTs and what they do. And I liked the idea of being able to really get into how the body works and functions and learn all that, but then also help keep people moving. Right. And I knew for me as a PT, I wouldn't be stuck behind a desk every day. I would be able to be up and moving around. And I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy interacting and getting to know people. And that seemed kind of like the right avenue to go. So I think my first year of college was when I made the decision. Then when you came to Nashville, was it because you'd already been hired by a PT practice? No. So I came to Nashville to do my final clinical rotation. So I was here for about four months as an intern Mm -hmm. working for free, (laughs) (laughs) learning. Right. But I did that. And then the company that I did my internship with offered me a job, hired me on. So I started working for them here in Nashville as well and worked in that clinic for five or six years, opened a new clinic for that company in East Nashville and worked in that clinic for about three or four years as a director. So because we're friends and because I am a physical therapy client of yours more than once through <laughs> through my running career, I remember you talking about a desire to just do things a little differently in the physical therapy world. And that ultimately was a deciding factor in you, quote unquote, going your own route. It was. Yeah, I just was kind of done with the current state of my career. And at that point, 
and this is kind of taking a little bit of a derail here, but I think the thing that pushed me over the edge was, as you know, my mom got very sick mm-hmm. and had cancer and I lost her a couple years ago. And all of this was going on during the time where I was kind of figuring out like, what's my next move? Sure. My mom was only 60 when she died. Right. And that was kind of the catalyst for this could happen. You know, it could happen to anybody. You can get sick and die young. And I thought, I don't want to spend the rest of my life coming home exhausted and tired and frustrated Mm -hmm. um, only to maybe get sick and die young, you know? And so I think that was the thing that pushed me to go, I need to figure out what I can do to kind of light my fire again Mm -hmm. and enjoy what I do again and feel like I'm really doing the best thing for all of my patients that I come in contact with. Right. Great. Yeah. So from working at Fleet Feet, from continuing in the running career now with Brooks, I'm around runners all the time. It's just a world that I live in. We know a lot of the same people. I feel like most people that we know you have ultimately treated. And although I feel fortunate, I haven't really ever had a running injury that has completely put me on the shelf, if you will. I just kind of had what I would label little bumps and bruises along the way. So let's dive into the physical therapy part, especially on the runner side. You are a runner as well. I imagine a lot of people you treat are running. Tell me about what it is physical therapy is ultimately bringing to the table for runners. I mean, I've talked about this before in the podcast, but I know most runners do not acknowledge an injury till a little bit further down the road. But let's just start with that. And then I've I've got lots of questions I'm going to ask you on the physical therapy side. But let's just start through a runner's eyes explaining kind of your physical therapy approach. Yeah. So one of my big things that I think is an issue is runners aren't always well understood by the medical world. I can't tell you how many patients I've come in contact with that have come to see me that went to a physician, went to another PT, went to someone else in the medical world. And they said, well, you just need to stop running. Well, that's that's horrible. That's a terrible thing to tell somebody, right? And there really are very few reasons that someone should have to just entirely give it up. As physical therapists, you know, we're movement and mechanics experts. That's what we do. We understand movement. We understand how to change movement. And for a lot of runners that deal with an injury or pain, there's typically something in their movement pattern that's not right, right? They're stiff somewhere. They're weak somewhere. They have a very correctable problem. But unfortunately, they find themselves in an office of another medical provider that tells them, well, they just need to quit running because it's going to ruin their body. Personally, I would take a few aches or pains every now and then with a solution and continue running, then give it up altogether and end up with like other health problems because you're not active anymore like you want to be. So I think that PTs really are kind of the perfect providers for a runner dealing with an injury because most of those things are not life-threatening. Most of them don't need imaging. Most of them don't need any kind of medication or injection. They need to alter something in their movement pattern. A lot of them need some strengthening somewhere else Mm -hmm. and they're not going to get that from anybody but a PT. Right. Yeah. Great. So this is may sound like backtracking a little bit, but tell me why you feel not only as a runner, but as a physical therapist, what are some good reasons that people should start running or even a few benefits from it, from things that you've seen in your own life? You know, just what do you, what's some good things why people should try running? And ultimately you see a lot of runners, you talk to a lot of runners, but you also, you know, see the positives of it too. Yeah. So, I mean, we know that regular exercise 
has a multitude of benefits, right? It can help with depression and anxiety. It can help with blood pressure and cholesterol and your, you know, heart health and diabetes risk, cancer, all of these things are benefits of regular exercise. And I think running is one of the most accessible forms of exercise, right? You don't need equipment, a pair of shoes, but you, you know, you don't need to go to a gym. You don't need to have somebody teach you how to do it. All of us innately know how to run. We may not look good doing it and we maybe could alter some things in it, but everybody can go run, right? Put on a pair of shoes, head out your front door. There's your exercise. It's so easy. You can take it with you. You know, you're traveling. Great. Go explore the city and run around it. Right. But I think the big thing is it's just a, it's a really easy form of exercise for people to do. You can vary your speed, right? If it's too hard to run fast, okay, run a little bit slower, but still go run. You know, if you need to do some interval stuff, great. Go move. We know that exercise is so important. And I think it's just one of the easiest ways to to go get some exercise. Right. Great. So I'm going to ask you this and then we're, then I'm going to dive into a little bit more just like physical therapy topics in general. But when you are working on a patient, again, from someone who's seen you before, I feel like physical therapists are really good at like, even though like you might have your thumb digging in somebody's hamstring, it's like you kind of know what you're feeling in there. So if someone has like a slight Achilles strain or someone has some nodding in their hamstring, like what what is it that you're doing as a physical therapist when you are quote unquote working on somebody? Yeah. So that's a little bit of a loaded question, to be honest. That's what we do. But- here. Running the 615, <laughs> just load up up for more conversation. So a lot of people think that that hands-on stuff, like the massage, the needling, the scraping, all that kind of stuff. A lot of people think like that's what's fixing you. Okay. Yes and no. So you are not going to fix somebody by just putting your hands on them and then that's it and they walk out the door. Okay. The exercise component of PT ultimately is what is going to fix your problem. Okay. So if you're weak somewhere, you've got to strengthen those muscles. If you're, you know, have a flexibility or a mobility problem, you have to address that with exercise. The hands-on stuff gives you an opportunity to be able to make that greater change with the exercise. Okay. So let's say you strained your hamstring. Okay. And you come in and your hamstring hurts so bad and everything we do makes it hurt. Okay. If I can get in there and do a little soft tissue, right, to kind of calm that hamstring down. Now you can exercise that hamstring. And that exercise is what's going to make it better. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's a great answer. Again, I've been around the running industry for a minute. So I'm going to, I'm just going to hit you with some physical therapy running related questions. And then we'll see where this goes. First one, as a runner, is stretching a good idea? another loaded question. Again, that's why I'm teeing them up. (laughs) (laughs) So stretching, actually, uh, you don't really need to do it. I'm going to catch a lot of flack for that. But stretching doesn't really prevent injuries or improve your performance, actually, especially before exercise. So if you stretch before an activity, you can actually decrease your power and your speed by doing that. So sprinters don't go stretch before you run your race. Terrible idea. You need to keep that muscle tension to be able to perform at your highest level. They're really in all the research that's out there about stretching. There's no evidence that any kind of static stretching prevents any kind of injury. Right. Before you run, rather than stretching, your time is best spent warming up, 
right? So doing some walking, doing some dynamic type. I mean, go out and watch any track team or cross country team do their dynamic warm up with their, you know, A skips and C skips and all that. That's the best thing that you can do before running. So plantar fasciitis, crazy common ailment Mm -hmm. in the years I was working inside Fleet Feet. I I think I heard that phrase every single day from somebody. Why is that so common? What is it that you feel is ultimately a cause of plantar fasciitis? I mean, I just feel like it's it's super, super common these days, maybe more now than it was a decade ago. Yeah. I don't know, but it just seems like a lot of people from suffer from that, especially runners. What's your thoughts? So interestingly enough, I did a little bit of research on this and plantar fasciitis only makes up about 8% of running injuries. There you go. So it really isn't the most common, but I think it's one that in your situation working at Fleet Feet, people immediately thought my foot hurts. It must be my shoes. I'm going in to do something about it. Right. And so you saw a real high concentration of those folks. It does plague a lot of runners, but a couple of the biggest risk factors for developing plantar fasciitis or obesity and time spent on your feet. So people who work a job where they're standing all day long or walking all day long are much more likely to get it. But in runners specifically, one of the biggest problems and one of the biggest reasons runners develop plantar fasciitis is they overtrain. So your plantar fascia is there to help absorb some shock in your foot and it will accommodate just like all of our tissues in our body get stronger with load, right? We think about our muscles getting stronger, but your tendons, your ligaments, all your connective tissues, your bones all get stronger with loading. Your plantar fascia will too. But if you do too much too quick, then you can run into trouble with that plantar fascia. You put more load on it than it can handle. The other big thing is a lot of us walk around in shoes all day long, right? And we can't wiggle and move our toes like we need to. And there's a fine line because we shouldn't be necessarily walking around barefoot on hard floors all the time either because that can cause some other problems. But we do need to be able to use our toes and that strengthens the muscles in the feet. And if you don't have good, strong feet, then that places even more stress on that plantar fascia. So that can be a risk factor as well as ankle mobility. So if you're limited in a motion called dorsiflexion. There's your big fancy word for the day, which is basically being able to pull your toes up towards your shin. Mm -hmm. If that is stiff, then that also can place added strain on that plantar fascia. There you go. Very medical proven answer right there. Oh, yes. Sorry, that was boring. No, that was great. (laughs) What what is the, so we said 8%, what is the most common body part injured for runners? So the most common thing is actually knee pain in runners. So patellofemoral syndrome, which is like that front of the knee right under your kneecap or right below it, followed by your IT band pain. So IT band considered outside knee pain. Outside of the Mm -hmm. knee. Yep. So those are actually the most common running injuries. And then your other things that follow that are actually back pain and like ankle and shin pain. Gotcha. So So staying on that topic, what, what are some common themes as to why runners get injured? Oh, I could get on my soapbox here. (laughs) (laughs) Runners love to run and many runners only run. Right. So having it as their only form of exercise is in fact a contributor to being injured. Absolutely. Can be. Yes. It is so repetitive. Like when you are running, it is the same movement, the same motion all the time. 
And so that can lead to a really minor weakness or a really minor mobility problem somewhere just becoming amplified because you're doing the same motion over and over and over and over. So I think the biggest disservice runners do to themselves is not cross-training. Cross-training is a really important part of running. And I think there are some people out there who think, oh, if I lift weights or do something, I'm going to bulk up and I'm going to be slower when I run or I'm going to be tighter or something. But that cross-training piece is super important for injury prevention and performance as well. Mm-hmm. Runners who throw some strength training in or some cross-training in typically will see their running improve because of that too. Right. That's great. And cross training is a lot of things. It's boot camp, it's spin class, it's weightlifting, of course, it's CrossFit, all the above. It is. It is. And my favorite forms of cross training for runners are things that involve some lateral or side to side movement Mm -hmm. because running is so forward, right? You're never moving laterally at all. And some of those muscles that are responsible for your lateral movement are responsible for your stability while you're running. And so if those muscles get weak, that can lead to a lot of injuries and problems as well. So things that move you side to side are ultimately going to help your risk of injury and running. Gotcha. Yoga for runners. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think yoga is great. Again, that stretching, if we talk about stretching to prevent injuries, I wouldn't tell somebody to go stretch before they run or necessarily even right after they run. But I think yoga is a great way to gain mobility. And if you, depending on the type of yoga class you take, you know, there's a fair amount of strength involved in yoga too. So I like yoga for runners. Definitely. So here's a theme that you that you may hear people say, I don't run because I have bad knees or, you know, I have bad knees, I can't run. I have read more than one article where they say running can strengthen your knees. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Knee injuries are the most common, but what's what's your take on being a runner and having knee pain? God, full of the loaded questions today. We want to get our bang for our buck here. That's Brett. right. Well, That's we're what, definitely doing you, that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, how many people have been told like, oh, you better stop running. It's going to be bad for your knees. You're going to have arthritis and knee replacements and all this kind of stuff. There are so many grandmothers out there who have told their grandchildren that, oh, that running bear, quit that running. You're going to hurt those knees. It's not true. <laughs> so I actually did, I did my research before I came in here today, but I you did about, up, you did about 15 years of research. Oh, well, before that's true. It, yeah. That's true. But actually walking, running and strenuous exercise can decrease your risk of knee arthritis. So yes. Boom. Can you have like some soft tissue stuff, you know, a tendon or IT band or something like that? Of course. And a lot of that has to do, again, with having imbalances somewhere. Mm -hmm. But actually, your risk of having knee arthritis will decrease with regular exercise, running included. So there was, if I can get a little science-y for a minute. Are you ready for this? Okay. There is a study done in 2015 with 75,000 participants. And what they found was that runners versus non-runners had a significantly lower risk of arthritis and hip replacements because of the regular running that they were doing. And the strength of their legs. Yeah. So they have a lower BMI or body mass index, which that is a huge contributor to wear and tear on your joints. Mm -hmm. And so typically runners have a little less body mass index. So in general, every day throughout their life, they're having less load on their joints, which leads to less breakdown. There was another study and they found that runners experienced about 25% less musculoskeletal pain than people who did not run. So even though we know runners 
maybe have a high rate of injury, right? You could argue in general, everyday life, they actually experience less pain because of their regular running versus non-runners. There you go. Yeah. Running the 615, that is documented proof right there. (laughs) Running is good for you. You have seen thousands of patients. What is something that you, let's say you're talking to somebody on the front end of running. It's a close friend, family member that has never run before and they know they're getting ready to start. So they turn to you as a physical therapist and say, hey, I want to do this, but I want to do it right. And I really want to do my best to not get injured. What's a couple pieces of advice you can give them to avoid some of the early pitfalls of following into the room we call injured? Yeah. So don't go out off your couch and just try to run like three miles, five miles, 10 miles. That's a terrible idea. I think that the Couch to 5K programs, whether it's done live with a group somewhere, there are some apps and different things available. Those do a really great job of slowly grading up your running versus walking time. The reason that people get injured when they are new to running, again, your all your tissues in your body accommodate to stress and load. Your muscles do it very quickly, right? If you go to the gym and you lift weights and you're sore the next day, That might last for two days and then they're okay again. Your muscles actually respond to load and heal really quickly. The rest of your body does not. Bones, tendons, ligaments, they all respond much slower to that load. They will get there, but it doesn't happen as fast. So when you go out off your couch, never a runner before, and you just start piling on miles, your tissues can't keep up with how much load you're putting on them. And that's what leads to injury. So taking it slow, starting with running and walking, slowly decreasing the time of walking and upping the time of running allows all of your body to accommodate without overdoing it and leading to injury. There you go. Great answer. I am going to put a additional thought into that and answer my own question If you are going to start running, or if you've even been running for a little bit, there is one piece of equipment that you need to get right, and it is running shoes. Did I work at a running shoe store? Yes. Am I still in the running industry working for a running footwear brand? Yes. But here is what I know for sure. If you're going to play golf, you got to go get golf clubs. If you want to play tennis, you need a tennis racket. If you are going to run, getting a proper running shoe for you is crazy, crazy important. And when you do that, go to a running store, go to Fleet Feet, go to Nashville Running Company, go to a store that is filled with employees who A, know the product backwards and forwards, B, care about it and care about getting you in the right equipment. It's just super important. And the people that work at running stores every day, all day, they are looking at feet, talking to runners about what they're doing and going to use the running shoe for. They are very, very educated in getting you in the right equipment. It is a must to get that part correct. It is. It is. I get asked that all the time. Hey, what are the best shoes for me to run in? There is not a right answer to that. Everybody's foot is different. Everybody's gait is different. Everybody's mileage is different. Your terrain you're running on. All of those things go into what's the right shoe for you. Actually, just this morning, I had a patient come in and she said, I really need new running shoes. Which ones should I get? And I said, you need to go to Fleet Feet or Nashville Running Company. Those are the only places I send my patients because I I know them and I know that they 
do well with finding the right shoe for the right person. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I tell all my patients. I'm like, I can't, there is no one size fits all. You have to find what works for your foot and your body and your gait. Go see the experts in that and they'll get you in the right shoe. It's, and it's a great experience to, to be talking to people who just know the product really well. And when you go into a running, running store, you're going to see a foot wall with 40 or 50 pairs of shoes. Mm-hmm. Are they all great running shoes? Yeah. Are they all great for you? Probably nope. not. So getting a, an expert to look at your foot and help you pick out the right shoe for you, it's just super, super important. And it really helps get you off on the right start and gets you into the main piece of equipment that you need. And then, like you said, the outside world is your workout facility. Have you ever seen an issue where you felt like something that somebody was wearing and this is not running shoe related? You definitely have people who will wear calf sleeves or people who will wear orthotics in their shoes or people who will wear like a knee brace. Have you ever seen anything that you felt like something somebody was wearing contributed to an injury? Yeah, I would say maybe not as much as other factors. But yeah, there definitely are times where, you know, people come in and they're in the wrong kind of shoe for the running that they're doing, you know, or the terrain that they're on, like they're out on trails and like regular tennis shoes. And it's like, ah, you really need something that's a little bit different for that terrain. Gotcha. Great answer. So one last question on the physical therapy side. I alluded to it at the start, but I do feel like runners, most of them, myself included, will oftentimes not acknowledge an injury soon enough. And there are circumstances where maybe a runner doesn't acknowledge it early on, and then the injury becomes worse than it would have been had they acknowledged it. What are some signs that are triggering a runner or person to see a physical therapist sooner versus later. Yeah. So the main injuries that we see in runners are overuse injuries, right? You don't necessarily see a bunch of traumatic type stuff, maybe from your trail runners who take a a tumble or a spill, but typically they're overuse injuries. And so those types of injuries usually start showing some warning signs early that oftentimes people ignore. So your early injuries will like, ooh, as I start running, like my Achilles hurts, right? And after a few minutes, it goes away and I don't feel it again. Like that's kind of your initial warning sign. Mm -hmm. With those, you know, oftentimes a little bit of backing off your mileage or a little bit of rest will let that settle down. Again, with all of these things, there's usually some underlying mechanical problem that is contributing to it, of course. So from there, you kind of move into, oh, it hurts as a start. Oh, it goes away. And then at the end, like "Ah, maybe it kind of comes back as I'm cooling down. Right. Again, that's like you're, you're kind of pushing the envelope on an overuse injury there. You're getting pretty close to it being a problem. Mm -hmm. When it gets to the point where it's present the whole time you're running, it stops you from running at all, like you're cutting mileage or you're taking additional days off because it still hurts. Or if you're noticing pain, like with your normal daily stuff, let's say your knee hurts a little bit while you're running. And the next day after a run, you have trouble going up and down the stairs. That's a really big problem. Your body's yelling at you. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was whispering at first. Now we're full on screaming. Right. But that point where you're either pain's present with your whole run, you're stopping your runs early, or you're having pain with like your normal daily activity, you have to do something about that. And the sooner you do something about that, 
the quicker it will turn around and go away, the less time you'll miss running, the less time, you know, you'll have to put into your, your rehab or taking care of things at that mm-hmm. point. So, you know, I know it's easy to have pain sometimes and go, Oh, it'll get better. It'll get better. It'll get better. But the longer you let things go like that, especially in the overuse injury realm, the longer you don't address that, it takes so much longer to turn it around uh, when you finally get in to see. I mean, I can't tell you how many runners have come in and they're like, oh, it's been hurting for like maybe six or eight months. And I'm like, oh my God, like it's going to take us a while to turn this around. And you really have to just kind of back things off for a bit to let that tissue heal and settle down. So the sooner, the better. Treat early and you can be out there running again early. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right. I feel like people just think it'll go away eventually. And most of those overuse things, honestly, they don't go away. They might settle down, but as soon as you bump your mileage back up, they come right back. Um, And so doing something about it early is is your best bet. Much like going to a running store and talking to people who look at feet and help people with shoes all day. When it comes to injuries, go to a physical therapist who see patients and deal with running injuries all day. Right. Lot of comparisons here, Britt. So let's wrap up your running running career. Tell me in Nashville, where is your favorite place to run? Just just describe a perfect running situation for you in the Music City. Yeah. So, well, I have my like most common, and then I have my perfect. So both, we'll take them. I live right by Shelby Bottoms. Like I can be on the Greenway. In about 30 seconds after oh, walking awesome. out my front door. Right. So that that tends to be my, my... That's your common. That's my common. Yeah. It's easy. It's right there. But my kind of perfect, my favorite runs are... Got a group of about five girls, myself included. East Nasty Girls? Yes. Yeah. Friends for years now. And we don't get to do it as often as we used to because we've you know gotten married and had kids and all that kind of stuff. And so schedules are a little bit tough to coordinate. But we still try to get together on like a Saturday morning, go run somewhere, you know, maybe like around Belmont or Vanderbilt or those are probably the most common places we go are kind of in that that area of town. But go run and then go grab coffee and breakfast afterwards and just kind of catch up on life and I love it. Those yeah, are my those are my favorites. Sure. Get the run in, then you're you've got your endorphins kicking out. That's right. To talk trash with your girls. <laughs> yes. You got a great, great group of friends. I I know them all and they're good ones for sure. So let's talk a little bit about Nashville. You've yeah. lived here for fifteen No, what, 11, years. Uh, eleven years. Eleven years. Eleven years, yeah. You lived in Nashville for 11 years. Tell me, you know, tell me about Nashville. What do you think about living here? What What's something about you that you feel is very Nashville? Maybe what's something that you feel is not really Nashville? Give me your uh, music city thoughts. Well, um, man, it's changed a whole lot since I've been here. And that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I remember back in my early days here, I could get over to East Nasty from across town in like 20 minutes. That right. is impossible to do now. <laughs> yeah. Got to pick your spots now. That's exactly right. So yeah, no, I, I like it here a lot. I really enjoy living here. I've enjoyed seeing it grow and change, although that some things are starting to become headaches now. But, you know, I think the most Nashville thing about me is I'm kind of a live music junkie. Like I love going to see shows, whether it's going to the Ryman or going to like D's Country Cocktail Lounge. That's one of my husband's favorite places to go. And so he'll find artists and be like, oh, we should go see this person. So we'll run over there and check someone out. And we've seen some hidden gems over at D's. But yeah, we we do a lot of that. I love the live music that's here. I just think it's 
unmatched anywhere else. Oh, man. Um, in yeah, the it's, it's you know, no, no doubt about it. What's no. something that is un Nashville about oh, you? I don't like country music. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I, I would, I would absolutely say the same thing about myself, but I love Johnny Cash. I love Willie Nelson. I love the Highwaymen, who both of those are in there, but that is country music and I really like that, but I don't like what I guess you would consider now country music. No, I'm with you. I That's feel the right. same. So some of the old stuff, like, Okay. And even I'm a big Americana and folk music fan. Right. And that's teetering the line of country, but it really is more in line with kind of the old country, mm-hmm. not the new stuff. I just, I can't get behind the new stuff. I'm right. sorry. Yep. Sorry, Nashville. <laughs> Brittany's not down with your new form of country music. That's okay. We're looking for it. So what's something you would do as mayor of Nashville, Tennessee? You've been here over a decade. You get to, quote unquote, have some input into mm-hmm. this city. What? Where, where are you going? Yeah, so I think that we really need to change our whole transit system in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And that includes bike lanes and walkability in the city, as well as just finding a way where we don't have to be on the road in a car all the time. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even necessarily mean, you know, I know it's kind of controversial, like light rail and all that kind of stuff. I was just in Denver for a conference. They have a really awesome like bus system mm-hmm. that hops from like Denver all the way up to Boulder. We took it and it was unbelievable. It was like five bucks, go hop on this bus. It'll, you know, has its own dedicated lane and stops. And man, we were up in Boulder in like 45 minutes. It was great. That kind of stuff I think really could go a long way here. Sure. Our transit um, system here is, is kind of non-existent. We don't really have one. Right, yeah. Yeah. And so there's a start. Let's get one right. first and then, <laughs> you know, figure out how one goes first and then tweak what we need to. After. Yeah. yeah we're, we're ready for it. Come on, Nashville. Nashville has been a big, hot city for a while now. We should have some legit transit going on. Yeah. Not scooters. That, yeah, not scooters. Right. Although, I mean, they can be kind of fun, but they're kind of dangerous too. Now, I just think we need to fix... The ability to walk, bike, and get around the city. Yeah, love it. So you already said you're a music fan. We, we always like to talk about music here on Running the 615. Yeah. What is the best concert you've ever seen in Nashville? And then if you could pick any band in the world, maybe that you haven't seen, that you and your husband could go see at the Ryman front row seats, who are you going to see? So what's your favorite? And then what's a dream scenario? Okay, so my favorite show that I've been to in Nashville so far was at the Ryman. And it was around, maybe it was on, I can't remember if it was the day before Halloween or on Halloween, but it was the Foo Fighters at the Ryman. Whoa. Yeah. That is a big band to see at a small venue like that. That is exactly right. It was just like, I don't want to see them again because nothing will ever match that. You know, we sat in the balcony front and center. It was unbelievable. So that really is probably the coolest thing I've seen since I've been here. So I saw Foo Fighters in September at Pilgrimage Festival and huge live music fan. I would not label myself a Foo Fighters fan in the sense that I don't like just actively seek out to listen to the music. But, you know, Dave Grohl is great. I like their songs, of course, but I'd never seen them. And I was blown away by their, I mean, you call it stage presence, I guess, but they 
make you stand up and kind of scream and get behind it because they like when the concert started there wasn't like any really even lights or entry music like Dave Grohl just literally came sprinting from the side of the stage with his guitar and he was just banging the shit out of it and screaming into the microphone and you're just like like what is like what is happening? Like it's just like a lot of noise and screaming and let's go. And then they just went right into, right into it, it and yeah. didn't stop. And like again, like anybody that can go see a concert like that and sit there with their legs crossed and their hands on their knees, like live music's not your thing, man. No, definitely wow, not. Wow, like just yeah. so much like fuel behind yeah. them. I was I was blown away by yeah. it. it. Almost, I mean, their songs are good. Again, it almost didn't even matter what what like the songs kind of were. It was just loud no, and in yeah. your face and exciting. Now put it in the Ryman. Man. <laughs> You probably couldn't hear for a week. No, I think I was deaf for a little bit after that. Man, it was loud, yes. but man, it was cool. I didn't, I didn't even cool. know Foo Fighters had ever been to the Ryman. That's yeah. great. It was their like little pop-up tour that they were doing around the country where they'd All like, right. oh, hey, by the way, in two days, we're playing a show at the Ryman. And we were able to snag a couple tickets. Awesome. It was It was awesome. So what's the dream scenario then? Oh, man. So I don't really... Oh, I can't think of anybody that I'm just like, oh, I have to see. Oh, I did. I saw Elton John when he was just here oh, recently. Yeah. And that was kind of a big, like, I I love, I grew up listening to Elton John. I love Elton John. And so I finally got to see him. So that was kind of a bucket list thing. Right. But I think if there was a show that I'm like, man, I would love to see that person perform again or something. Have you ever seen Brandi Carlisle live? I have not. No, She's incredible. Great, yeah, yeah. I've seen her a few times in all different venues, but she played a little residency at the Ryman here recently and we went and she just she's so talented her songwriting's amazing and she has this great entertaining stage presence too she just is so good her band is incredible I just left that show like blown away and I would go see her again in a heartbeat anywhere she just was amazing awesome no doubt so we are going to transition over to Running the 615 Speed Woo! Sessions. Are you ready? Oh, man. I think I'm ready. Have you taken Speed Sessions? Did yes, you take Speed Sessions? Fleet? I yeah, did. for yeah. sure you did. So no, you... I really enjoyed because that took me back to like my track days, right? Yeah. I oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Speed Sessions are, are a super special place to me. I really liked not only helping Mark Miller and, and Christy Beth coach that, but also doing some of the workouts myself. Like, it's a, that's a neat thing. It like, is. You, you feel... You know, you feel like a track athlete yeah. when you're doing some of that stuff. So you know how this, do you know what the fastest mile you've ever run is? Yeah, it's not that fast. I'm probably your slowest person on here. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a 6.58. Oh man, sub seven is fast. Don't kid yourself. Oh, I don't know. So that is fast. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to rapid fire. Okay. You just give me your answers. Tell me when you're ready. Ready? Okay. Go. Do you, would you rather run on roads or trails? Ooh, I like to hike trails, but I like to run roads. There you go. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Uh, more of an early bird. Early bird. What is your favorite Nashville restaurant? Ooh, I really love Lyra. I also really love Peninsula. Keep it on the east side. <laughs> Coffee, tea, soda, water, alcohol. Which Coffee do you prefer? Coffee and wine? Coffee and wine. <laughs> Coffee then go. wine? Coffee then wine. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. You have a dog now? I do, and, and I'm might. getting a new puppy tomorrow. Man. Yeah. You, and you're building the family. Building the family. Are you a talker or a listener? Ooh, talker. Yes. Uh, <laughs> would you rather go to the beach or go to the mountains? 
I prefer my mountains on the beach. Does that work? Yes. We've never had that answer. Hawaii, anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Way to yeah. combine. What annoys you? Uh, um. <laughs> I, I love, love, love <laughs> when I ask that question. People are like, oh, God, don't even get me started. <laughs> um, people who just have a lack of self-awareness, you know, your surroundings, where you are, what you're doing, how it affects other people around you. That drives me nuts. There you go. That's a good one. And original. I don't think we've had that yet. What is something that you know is not good for you, but you do it anyway? I went through a phase where I was eating homemade ice cream every single night for like a couple months. Okay. And as I was doing that, I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this, but it's just so good. I shouldn't. But I love it. But I did. Okay, well, here's maybe one. What is something that is good for you that you wish you did more of? Oh, you know, I wish that I would roll out of bed just a little bit early and just have some like quiet meditative time in the morning. I'm not good at doing that. I get up and I'm just like, go, 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 go. Right. And I really think that it's important from a mental health standpoint and it affects your physical health too to like just have kind of those quiet moments to yourself where you can sort of gather yourself before the day starts. There you go. Would you rather have a cookie or a candy? Mm, cookie. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite sports team or teams? Oh, well, I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan from California, but my family kind of came from Texas. So it was just sort of in my blood. So man, the Cowboys, they were easy to love back in the day. They're not so easy to love now, but I still love them anyway. There you go. And the Nashville Predators. Preds. Yes. Super fun. Where is your dream vacation spot? I know, I know you and your husband go to a lot of cool places. Yeah. So we are big like national parks travelers and we love doing that kind of stuff and just kind of being active, but I've always wanted to go like to kind of the South Pacific Islands, Fiji, the Maldives, somewhere over in that where it's just, you see these pictures and you're like, that can't be real. I want to see that. Yeah. Fiji has great bottled water. I know that. (laughs) Worth the trip. Do you have a favorite TV show or movie of all time? I absolutely love Arrested Development. I think that's my my favorite. I could watch it over and over and over. Here is a good PT question. Best way to recover after a long or difficult run? Plenty of water and sleep, Mm -hmm. actually. Yeah. There you go. It has been proven by a doctor. Sleep (laughs) is good for you after a run. I love it. What are you afraid of? Clowns. (laughs) I love it. That is a legit fear. I think we've had that before here. When you are running, do you prefer music or no music? I prefer talking with people, actually. There you go. Yeah. Music talking. Uh, Watch or no watch? Watch. Best part of living in Nashville is? There's always something to do here. You know, live music, a festival. There's always something going on. No doubt. Would you rather go on an airplane or a road trip? Airplane, probably. Something you want to do before you die? I would like to... Go on a safari in Africa. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Ooh, I love breakfast. Mm-hmm. What makes you happy? Oh, this is going to be cliche, but I love when my patients come in and really feel like I have changed something for them that changes their life. Oh, yeah. Great. Great answer. Um, what has running taught you? Um, that my body's capable of more than I give it credit for. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite holiday? Christmas. Christmas. And is there any misconception about you? I think sometimes 
maybe people think I'm a little cold. I've been told that I have a little resting bitch face. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe I do, but I don't think that that is who I am. I've known you a long time. I wouldn't say that. (laughs) That's hilarious. That's why we ask these questions. Not true. That is a misconception. (laughs) Is there anything in life that you think people get wrong? Something that people feel like they've got figured out, but you're like, no, no, I don't think that's the case. Oh, can I, can my PT show real quick? I think a lot of people think that they can just self treat injuries without any help and you can get away with it for a little while, but ultimately you, you're going to need some help. You will lose in the end. Who inspires you? I obviously as a female, small business owner, I have a lot of women in my life who have done that, that I really look up to. So kind of those strong women who said like, I can do this. Is there a favorite book or a favorite quote that you have? I think the book was called The Nightingale. Mm-hmm. I believe there was Is it about Florence Nightingale? It is not. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, like a historical fiction, but it's a World War II. And the story was just really incredible. That was one of those where it's like, man, I got to leave the room if there are people around because I'm going to start crying. But it was a nice. great book. Yeah. yeah. What one piece of advice would you give your younger self? You are moving from California to Tennessee and mm-hmm. you can go talk to that, that person and give them some advice. What would you say? I would say... When you get into your career, don't spend so long doubting what you're capable of. There you go. Is it better to be physically tough or mentally tough? Asking a physical therapist. Man, yeah. No, I'm going to have to say mentally tough on that because I think the physical stuff, you can train a little bit easier than you can the mental stuff. Yeah. Do you have a favorite race distance? Uh, Probably. Ooh. A relay race? Yeah. 200 miles? So Not when all you, me. When you're running, we well, you didn't cover that, <laughs> but when you're running your relay race that you've done bourbon taste a lot, what's what's the about how long are you running? What's so your distances? I, you're running three different times, Three right? times. Over the course of like, you know, 24 to 30 hours. And yep. what, how, what's about the total distance you end up running on those three? So I think that average, if you were to take all 12 legs and kind of just average it out, I think it's about 16 or 17 miles. Right. So you're but split up into three runs. Five or six per yep. run. Awesome. Would you rather run in the hot or run in the cold? Ooh, cold. Would you rather have a hug, a high five, or a fist bump? I kind of am a hugger. Ooh, yeah. yes. Brittany, what is the purpose of life? Oh, to treat other people with kindness. Great answer. Brittany, thank you for coming here and joining Running the 615. Thank you for having uh, me. You've treated a lot of runners, myself included. I know back on my second marathon, I definitely had some bumps along the way in my training, and you literally helped me get to the starting line yeah. from uh, physical therapy. So I totally endorse going to physical therapy when it's needed. Now that we've had this discussion, I endorse going to physical therapy maybe a little bit earlier than you think you should in hopes that the injury doesn't last as long. But man, great information. I appreciate you sharing this with us. And I think a lot of people will be more educated about running and their potential running injuries after listening to this. So thank you for joining us with that great info. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Tell tell us a little, one more time about Nashville Physical Therapy and Performance. You guys have how many locations? Yeah, so we have three locations. We're in South Nashville, East Nashville, and Franklin. Right. And the, you know, if you, if you had to summarize what your practice is all about, how would you 
categorize that. Yeah. So we have a little saying at Nashville Physical Therapy and Performance, which is that we keep active people active without medication, without surgery and without pain. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Brittany. Appreciate you joining us. And I'm sure I will see you out on the roads or at a concert in the near future. Yes. Have a great day. Thank you, Drew.